0: podcast 1 A quick search reveals that the weight loss industry is worth 71 billion with a B dollars in America alone. And when you think about it, it's got to be one of the most competitive and emotionally charged industries in the world. But that hasn't stopped two ex-Google employees from turning their weight loss side hustle into a multi-million dollar business idea. It's an all-you-can't-eat episode 534 of the 11-year-old award-winning Small Business Big Marketing Podcast. Yeah, I said, welcome to a small business marketing show Where successful small
1: business owners share their souls To take your marketing
0: straight to the lead Now, here's your host, Mr. Tim Boree. And welcome back to your weekly dose of Kelry controlled marketing. And welcome back to 2021. Happy New Year team. It is so good to be back, and we have got a very, very big lineup of guests over the coming weeks. More on that later. I'm your host, Timbo Reed. You, infinitely more importantly, are a motivated business owner. Despite the fact that 2020 is behind us, you are motivated then, this is a much, much better year ahead. You are ready to crank out some great marketing to build that beautiful business of yours into the empire it absolutely deserves to be. And that's exactly why this podcast exists. So if you love it, be sure to hit the subscribe button right now and never miss another episode. And if your marketing appetite is insatiable and I reckon it is if you listen to this show, then grab a copy of my book, The Boomerang Effect, that will show you how to create helpful marketing that brings you more customers and makes you more money. You can do that over at smallbusinessbigmarketing.com. Big episode today. Oh, I'm excited to be back. It's awesome. Weight loss algorithm creators, Jade Spooner and Amal Wakim share how their side hustle has become a multi-million dollar business. This week's Monster Prize draw winner... First for the year, likes to have lunch with me down by the beach. Hmm, it's interesting. Plus, I've got some big news on a big, big, big guest who'll be joining us in a few weeks' time. I'm quite excited to tell you about that person. As per usual, team, it's Marketing G O L D, dripping from the ceiling over here at Small Business Big Marketing's HQ. So let's get stuck right in. <laughs> Now, let's meet a couple of cubicle escapes, and we're not talking about any ordinary cubicle. Jade Spooner and Amal Wakim escaped their cubicles from inside of Google, yes, the big G, where they'd developed enough knowledge to create their own algorithm, one that uses science-based nutrition along with a bunch of personal data to help the average joe or Joanne, lose a stack of weight. And the result is called Equolution, and their weight loss program is delivered by a very clever little app. Now, since 2015... Tens of thousands have joined the Equilution community and lost thousands of kilograms combined. Can you imagine what that would look? Thousands of kilograms of fat all piled up? Well, that's what they have achieved as a result of this little business idea. The girls now have 22 staff and a social media following in the high hundreds of thousands. And I've got to tell you, we cover a lot of ground in this interview. Managing your side hustle when you've got a full-time job, what they learnt from working for Google to doing business with friends and everything in between. And I started off by asking Jade what she was doing at Google in between bringing her side hustle to life.
1: So I was working in the online ad space. So I was um, in a sales role and I was selling the ad space for Google and then putting together sort of like a marketing strategy for those businesses that I would sell the space for. Did you love it? I loved it. I loved the culture. um, And I think that's something that we've definitely taken into our business today. So yeah, I really loved the culture. um, And I didn't mind the commission either.
0: (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Good. Amal, what were you doing?
1: So I was working in the consumer
2: retail market. So I was behind those stands that you would see at like JB Hi-Fi and Harvey Norman um, in relation to any physical products that Google had. So like the Chromecast, the Chromebook. Um, And I was just managing um, a regional team to ensure that they were there as sales reps to assist with selling the product.
0: So you're working there, you become friends, you start a side hustle. Why did you start it? And, And describe it at way back then.
1: It was a very organic start, and I think that's something that really differentiates us from a lot of people who start a business, because some people sort of put their heads together and think, what can I do that's not already done? But for us, we just organically kind of fell into what we're doing today. We so, definitely
2: fell we into it. We definitely <laughs> fell into it. So
1: we were fitness models at the time. So basically, we went to school together. Um, we sort of reconnected after high school. We weren't in the same group at school, but we reconnected after high school. Amal had lo- lost a ton of weight and I just sort of stopped her tracks and said, what are you doing? You look fantastic. And she said, I've been weight training and eating really clean. Come and train with me. So I, I went and trained with her and she ended up getting me a job at Google. Um, and lo and behold, we were just stuck at the hip from then on in. So we were working together and then we were training together. and we were, And then we decided to do a fitness model show. So we were dieting under really strict conditions as the body Bodybuilder book tells you to do so. We were eating chicken, broccoli, um, fish, asparagus, just a really small handful of food. Fi- I know, yeah. I know, I know. Well, that's exactly how we felt and I think yeah, that's yeah. how a lot of dieters feel as well and we were subject to, you know, all the restrictions and rules and do, do this and there was very little do's and there was lots of don'ts yeah. and um, we'll party to all of it. And then um, when we were working at Google, we started competing. And then when we started competing, we we weren't happy with how we looked. Yet we did everything by the bodybuilding rule book, so we ticked all those boxes, and we just weren't satisfied. So we started looking for answers, and then we we became educated on the science and nutrition, and found flexible dieting. And then we realized that you could enjoy the foods you love and still achieve results. And that's when we put our heads together and said, you know, why does the world not know about this? And we started right. evolution.
0: Yeah. Okay. So, and Mm. in terms of starting it, like at Mm -hmm. at that point, you're just doing it for yourselves. Yeah. Um, You'd you'd found a way of dieting and of body transformation that you were comfortable with and and clearly it worked. What, what, What did you do then to turn it into a business back then?
2: So, pretty much we started off as a partnership. So, we started taking on clients and I remember the first client that we took on, I think we put an ad up on Facebook, like just to like our friends and family and said, Hey guys, you know, um, this is what we're doing. We've transformed our bodies ourselves. We'd love to have a few people on board, um, just to show you what we've learned, um, and get you on our meal plans. And the first client that we sat with, I remember we were sitting down and we were talking about the cost of the package and you know, what you'd get for being a part of this. And then he's like, okay, I've just got to go get money out of the ATM. This was before we were even online. And then he left and Jade is like, Amal, we can't take his money.
1: I'm like, I, started cr- is a I started crying. I, I actually started crying. I said, "Can't we just do it for free?" He's such a sweet man. Beautiful. <laughs> like, and Beautiful. We, we were really passionate. Yeah. But that's how we we began. We p- sort of put the feelers out there to friends and family, and we sort of said we've become educated on the yeah. science nutrition. This has worked for us, and we gave away some free body we transformations. Did. So we started accruing sort of, I guess you could say, our portfolio of of transformations. Um, and we just started posting them online. And of course, you know, like any weight loss, um, you know. Thing in the market, something new, people are just excited and they want to know yep. more and it was really intriguing for a lot of people that our clients were enjoying the foods they love and losing weight.
2: And we were doing this um, while we were working full-time at Google and studying full-time as well and it got to a point where we found that we were spending our time while we were working at Google, working on the business because it was at such high demand. And then that was the point where we had decided, okay, you know, we're making a very similar amount to what we're making here at Google. It's time to take this full time in order to grow the company.
0: That's pretty significant, Amal. So what you're saying is that the side hustle, as you are working for Larry and Sergey, you've actually got the equivalent of your wage happening as a result yeah. of the side hustle. So, you—you you, I mean you, you, you would have been earning a decent um, – so how quickly did it take you to get up to that amount of money? What is it, hundred grand a year or what no, was it? No, I, I was scary. on
1: a very high salary very Well, this is the funny <laughs> thing about our jobs at Google. So yeah. I was on a six-figure salary and Amal referred me and she was on about half of what I was on. <laughs> so I was making <laughs> – my base was – my base was low, my base was It was her commission. It was my commission I that was commission based. Yeah, so it was my commission that was making me um a small fortune. But yeah. in terms of our in terms of our evolution wage and like any small business that's starting up, it was very inconsistent. We had phenomenal weeks. We had yep. weeks where we'd earn a couple of grand and yeah, we right. thought that was fantastic. And then we had weeks where the very very first week that we went out on our own after quitting our full-time jobs at Google, Amal transferred me my first week wage and I said, "What is it?" And I was so excited and she said, it's $240. I said, I cannot live off that. I can't yeah. live off that. So, I mean, the thing with Amal and I and what we recognised was those golden weeks, that, that meant potential for us. And it wasn't so much about the money. It was just that, you know, we had weeks where we were just like, sort of raking in all these new clients. We knew that people wanted what we were offering. Yeah. So that was our validation. And even
2: at that time as well, we actually didn't have any overheads. So all we had was two Bless laptops, our parents. <laughs> free Wi-Fi, thanks, Mum. And we just ran our business on free services like Facebook, WhatsApp, um, you know, Google Docs, and that's it. We're an online company. And, but yeah, isn't that was,
0: incredible? Like, into, I mean, 10 years ago, that would have been a little bit harder. 20 years ago, it's not going to happen. And yeah. to think mm. you can actually do that and start to generate a decent income without any overheads, I mean, it is the way of the world. Tell us about the day you both looked each other in the eye at Google and said, we're going to resign. We, we will never forget this day.
1: And do you know what's funny? Yeah. It's um, is it five or six? Do you decide. Okay, I think it's five years. Five years. This Sunday it will be our anniversary. that we went, quit oh. our job. <laughs> anniversary. <laughs> um, so basically, I we we toyed with the idea across a number of weeks, and it was a ballsy move. We were in our early twenties. I was studying law for, full time, and Amal was doing um business and I was majoring and, in marketing and management. Yeah. So. Anyway, so it, it was a lot that we gave up in, in one hit, but we did toy with the idea for a few weeks. And then one day at, at Google, I, I didn't know what it was. It was just, I just had this moment and I just went to, I just pulled my manager aside. I said, I, I, I res- I'm I handing ra- my yeah. resignation. Then I pinged Amal. So we had this like internal Google chat. Google chat. And I said, I did it. And she was in a really important- No, she's like, I did it. Your turn. Your I was turn. like, oh, okay. <laughs> good good wow. on you, Jade. <laughs> she was in a really important meeting and she had to throw her I hands in like, the air and bloody well, go and I was quit. flustered. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. Um It was a yeah. big move, but you know what's funny? A lot of people, when we retell this story, are like, weren't you guys scared? We had zero fear. No. None at all. Like, none at all. It was kind of like- intuitively, we just knew where it was going to go. We really
2: believed in what we had to offer and being our first two clients and experiencing like what we had learned on ourselves, we knew that this was what was missing in today's society and that there were a lot of people that were miseducated on nutrition. And we felt like at that time when we had discovered this, we were the two people that were put on this universe to share this message. Um, And then we bought a one-way ticket to America, thinking America had all the answers for us and off we went.
1: We just quit our jobs Um, at Google and went to America. We
0: You went to Startup Grind, didn't you? We, we, did, we did, yeah.
1: So um, basically w-
0: working in Google,
1: we heard that Silicon Valley was like the tech hub of the, the world. The knees. And so one day Amal rang me when we were doing meal plans and she said wouldn't it be so good if this was all automated? And we had like an app that just spat all this out. And we were using MyFitnessPal at the time and there were a lot this of... This was
2: back when like mobile apps weren't really a thing. No, we like, hadn't even come to yeah. Australia
1: yet. On our journey to start this business, we thought let's go to Silicon Valley. I don't know what we thought we are going to When we got there, but we just thought let's let's get a one way ticket and go to Silicon Valley. So we got to America, and it wasn't as easy as what we thought. We didn't know the market. Whilst they were very calorically aware and more nutritionally educated than what we probably are in Australia, um, we didn't know the market at all. We didn't know, yeah, we didn't know where to start. Mm. Um, We didn't realise at the time, but um, our savings weren't going to last a lifetime. So there was no longevity in our
0: trip. Can I just understand that? So did you literally buy a one way ticket to America? thinking we just land there and we'll meet someone and ask questions. Or did you actually book a ticket to Startup Grind and you actually had somewhere to go? No. no. We
1: we found the Startup <laughs> Grind when we went over there because right. once we got over there, we realised it wasn't the productive trip that we thought it was going to be. So we thought we, we, we thought do, it would be market research. We thought it would be market research, but we, we just had a grand old time with each other and, you know, we had so much but fun. But we did learn a lot.
2: You know what? There were pros and cons for this trip. So obviously the con was we spent a lot of money um, and we started to veer off track, we started to think of other ideas because we weren't really, I guess, seeing the opportunity for inclusion then and there because we didn't understand the culture. Um, But then when we attended the startup grind, we had people come up to us. So back then, um, I guess like female entrepreneurship wasn't really a thing. And we were like the youngest there, we were females, they were all like elder men. Um, And they would come up to us saying like, what are you girls doing here? Like they were intrigued. And when we would tell them what we were doing and our business concept, they were like, we don't think you realize what you're sitting on mm. and we had offers left right and center you know saying we want to invest we'll offer you this much like you know come and join the join this incubate program this accelerator program um and, and so on. And that was a huge realisation for us. We were like, holy shit, like we've got one chance and we've got to go make this work and we don't need the funds. We can do this ourselves. but we need to go back to our home country and release it there before we take the States. Mm-hmm. And so we did. We flew back home and that's how it all started.
0: Because up until then, Equolution, correct me if I'm wrong, but it was a bespoke sort of service, wasn't it? Where you would, I think you it were was. saying you're using MyFitnessPal to come up with meals plans for your clients that you would work one on one with so at that point not not hugely scalable right
2: no, no, we were using Facebook Messenger to communicate with our clients and it got to a point where Facebook, Facebook had banned us. us. <laughs> they taught that we couldn't create any more group chats because it was like myself, Jade and the client and it was like no more like group chats because they thought we were like spam. And so like we hit a hurdle we're like oh my god, Facebook is is getting in the way of like us running our business. So that's when we started to invest in tech. And
1: then we had internal problems as well. So obviously running Messenger off Facebook, we would often miss chats and then there was a lot of human Inter- intervention in sort of like our whole process. So sometimes, you know, you have human error and whatnot. And I guess for us, it, just the the reality of this isn't sustainable, um, nor is it fully pr- like bulletproof was, either.
2: We ran our first thousand clients off a Google sheet with like their name, their email address, like their calories and their macros, like what week they're up to. Love it. And Any because notes? we were collaborating with like, I think at that time we probably had about 10 staff because it was collaboration between 10 staff. Someone's name would go missing and we'd be like, Oh, that's my it. God.
0: It's gone. We can't find this client. It's, it's, this client gone. is gone. It's Girls, missing. It's, it seems like the business grew very quickly. Uh, it you, did. It grew had, quicker so than we could keep up with it. A couple things like you, you've, you've matched your Google salaries while you're at Google as a side hustle. Yeah. That's amazing. Mm. Then, within a matter of what period of time, did you get your first thousand clients that you're managing on Google Sheets?
2: I would say within the first 18 months.
0: Yeah, I was going to say about the yeah, first 18 year months. What do you put that down to? Uh, Well,
1: firstly, from Amal and I, it was, I guess, you know, work ethic. We had had a really good work ethic. We would sometimes start at like 6am and not finish until... 4am and I know a lot of people wear that like an honorary badge but for us that was a very also a very short-lived um thing that we couldn't probably keep up with unless we automated 22
0: hours a day it was it was was really intense
1: it was really intense but it got us there also second to that as well we had um a, a really core group of influential people around us that believed in what we were doing so we started working with influencers um and then that sort of got us that leap into the instagram explain that So we had partnerships with influencers in which they would do our service. We've never paid for a a post on Instagram or anything like that. So we would pretty much poach people who we believed represented our brand, you know, that 80% whole food, 20% food. People that were
2: struggling with their diet and were very transparent about it or had some sort of like binge eating disorder or couldn't just get on track with nutrition. So we reached out and and we we can help. help. This is what we can offer. You know,
0: you don't have to post. Are these people with a profile? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, give us an example.
1: Um, Sky, Sky Wheatley. Wheatley, she was one of our first. Sky. Sky Wheatley. So she's from the Gold Coast and she was on um, Big Brother and she had a huge following at the time. She was very transparent on social media. Um, she used to take to Snapchat and Instagram and sort of say, I'm really struggling with binge eating. I lost all this weight outside of the house and then I put it back on and I lost it and all that kind of stuff. And um, she just sort of became well-known for, you know, being quite open and honest when it came to her nutrition. So... Um, I think I DM'd her one day and I just said, look, I'm from this company called Equilution. We practice a really balanced approach. Um, I know it would really suit you and your lifestyle. Just give us a shot and you don't have to post anything. We just want to help. And I think that's how a lot of our partnerships started with just that really genuine sort of approach. And we didn't do it so they could post. We did it so we could get, get our out message there. out there. Yeah. You know, if if we thought, you know, regardless of whether Sky mentions Equilution or not, she's practicing a balanced method of nutrition, which gives validation to our practice itself so yeah. um, that's how we start, started reaching out and then slowly but surely the, in, the influencer sort of community at that time was um, I guess it was really contagious it was the beauty
2: influencer community yeah it was yeah. really
1: contagious so if one did something the other one was on the bandwagon yeah. and then slowly but surely we just created this train of people who were asking us for our nutrition plans and they would usually charge for posts and, and they were just some posting some of them even like
2: purchased online and just like bought <laughs> online they didn't even contact us and said hey we want to work with you and we'd recognise these like big names that we would follow and be like oh my god they just made a purchase of our service so it all came
1: down to influences and then we started doing comparisons as well that was a big big game changer for us Um, basically our you know our whole mantra is just education so we just want to educate on how the body recognises food not as good or bad but for its um, caloric and macronutrient value so we started making comparisons to really trendy food at the time you know acai berry bowls versus like a bacon and egg muffin and hash brown from McDonald's and people were intrigued and
2: it literally Mm-hmm. just started from something so basic that we you know created ourselves we didn't invest like hundreds of dollars into like you know creating these graphics or anything it was literally like Jay, i caught up jade one day because i come from a lebanese background and my like parents used to eat dates and because we were so educated on nutrition i'd look at that and be like oh my god you have no idea how many calories you're eating and i called jade and i'm like jade i have no <laughs> idea why they're eating this many calories in dates and then i like you can have X amount of cereal for this much. And she's like, hang on, like we're onto something. So we literally got four dates, put it side by side to a huge bowl of cereal and took a photo. Like I got on my mum's little stepladder in the kitchen and took a photo and put some overlay text on it and said this many calories for this and this many calories for this. And it went viral.
0: That's awesome. There's an ad that comes up on my Instagram where it compares, you know, like a bottle of Coke to whatever else, some some mm-hmm. alternative food that you could eat that would be a whole lot better for you. Um, so clearly it's a great way of of making a making a point, making, making yeah, a yeah. real statement. Yep. Just talk to me about imposter syndrome. You haven't mentioned it, but I'm intrigued because Amal you were studying marketing. Jade, you're studying law. Mm-hmm. Neither of you are qualified in health science, I don't know, I don't even know what the qualification would be, dietitians or whatever. Uh, you've clearly um, experienced success yourself and you've been fitness models yourself. So you've got a background in that. Do you ever feel like, you know, we're going to be caught out? Someone's going to go, well, what, you're not a doctor. So how can you be doing this? or has someone tried that?
1: It was pretty quick into our journey as, you know, entrepreneurs and growing our business that we began hiring and our our first point of call was just hire dietitians and nutritionists, not just for Validation, but because we it wasn't really uh, it wasn't what we wanted to do. You know, we're we're both business minded, and we had other grand plans for the business. Amals, I'm really involved in the tech of the company, so she's really product focused. Um, I am in love with marketing, so I'm really about the vocals of the business. But neither one of those roles sort of um, fell into nutritionist or dietitian. So we really quickly grew our team, um, and we've got a huge team of really educated, you know, women that. Practice and have studied nutrition and and whatnot, so they sort of have taken the reins in regards to um, you know nutrition plans and whatnot, and we run the run the business.
2: But on top of that, what we. Um what we practice is a universal science and we've worked on our algorithm. So really, it comes down to the numbers and we've worked on our algorithm for so many years, you know, using real life data points to have it create what it is today. And even so, like we are continually working on this algorithm, but, you know, we what we do as a company is preach a very balanced approach. So we work on the mindset, which is the most important part. Um, So to, you know, educate someone on nutrition and then educate them on having a healthy life, a balanced um, approach to dieting is really mindset related and that's what we specialize in.
0: Amal, I... In all the 530 or so guests that I've had on this show, I don't think any of them have ever had an algorithm to work on. Can yeah. you explain what that looks like? Like, do you go to the computer and there's this just massive equation there that you change the X for a Y and put it to the power of three or what?
2: Yeah, there's a fair few algorithms that we have in our company. It could go from, you know, the initial calories and macronutrients we calculate, you know, upon signing up to the weekly that we calculate to the meal plan algorithm to um. Considering dietary requirements, allergies, intolerances, food preferences, there is so much. And pretty much what we aim to do is ensure that we get it as perfect as possible. So we're now working on an algorithm where we can produce the most perfect meal plan. And that includes, you know, your fruit and veg requirements, hitting your calories and your macros, ensuring there's no foods that you don't like, ensuring that any intolerances or allergies are avoided. Um, and we at a score rate at the moment of close to 70% perfect, um, which means that eventually we won't need human interaction to spit out a perfect meal plan. And um, this so has been... As a,
0: as a client of Equolution, um, if I become a client, I, I plug in a whole lot of personal data into the app... And the algorithm makes a weird sound.
1: Yeah, so what yeah. it works out what you need numerically in terms of overall calories, protein, fats and carbs. Yeah. But then it couples that with your food preferences and it spits out a meal plan. So um, where Mole is sort of demonstrating the perfect meal plan, that would mean that it would be taking your data, taking your food preferences and without... You know, review or anything like that, it would give you an absolute perfect meal plan that um, ticks all those boxes. And it's been
2: three years in the making. Oh yeah, this has been like so many, so (laughs) many people. So we failed twice at development. Um, two hundred k later, and you know we were told that this was impossible. Um, and we are now working and have been working for the last three years with a company called Zavika, which you know made it happen. But it's so so complex what we offer, and each day, like our team is continually giving us feedback like we have a feedback form where they you know say okay this person got double chicken this is the reason why this is what I changed it to and we take their feedback on a daily basis and work on our algorithm to make it you know more perfect or closer to perfect we started at a five percent score rate and we're now at 70 percent wow. so like it's yeah it's insane how
0: do you, how I think do you, that's
1: an important sorry I, I was gonna say that I think that's an important pointer for Anyone that is in business, or you know, sort of nurturing their own little baby, is you can never stop moulding yeah. it, and I think you always have to be listening to cons- your customers. You also have to always be listening to your staff as well, yeah. um, and you need to be constantly in development. and It's funny because there was a lot of people who told Amal and I you know a couple of years ago when we we're moving into the tech space that we were mad you know our overheads were going to increase and we could have sat comfortably on what we we're doing manually and xyz but we had a bigger vision for our business and a lot of that has been made possible through just um sort of taking that vision but then also taking like our experiences with our our customers and, and also with our staff and you know sort of putting it all together.
0: You got your first 1,000 clients with a bespoke offering where you would deal with them almost one-on-one by the sounds of things. Even that sounds difficult with a 1,000 clients. Now that you have this algorithm and this app and people are just keying in information, how do you maintain sort of a personalization approach to your offering?
2: So we still offer um, the nutrition coaching side. So we have um, a team of 16 nutrition coaches that reach out and touch base with every single one of our clients on a weekly basis. Um, we're not only reactive, but we are proactive. So if they have any questions, we answer them. And then we also reach out and provide them feedback on just their week to week, their check-in data, um, their food diary, what they've eaten for the week, and just there as a support system. So we there is still humans behind the app um, and you still can can speak to them at any time, but what we've done is taken something that could be automated, so the meal plan generator, to free up the time of our nutrition coaches to provide a better level
1: of support. Yeah, I was gonna um, say that. I yeah. think our tech has made our our quality support a lot A lot better. A lot better. So instead
2: yeah. of spending half an hour on writing a meal plan, meal plan's done in thirty seconds and now we can spend that half an hour on providing better support.
1: And also just really assessing those um, likes and dislikes as well. Yeah. So we ensure that meal plan is like fully reflective of what the client puts in as their, you know, their loves and their hates.
0: Yeah. Your algorithm is absolutely mission critical to the success of your business. How do you protect it?
2: It's quite unique. It's Yeah. yeah it's very unique. It's made up of uh, like... Tens of thousands of I meals. I think you need to. I think you need to really yeah.
1: dive into the back end. So I probably protected legally with Davika on yeah. that yeah. on yeah. that that what? basis. <laughs> but you'd really you'd really need to um, dive into the back end. It's not quite transparent from a client perspective. Um, right. So it's more just from the the tech end that stuff. So we kind of like yeah. wound in and braided within our, our um, practice. So
2: our algorithm in terms of calories and macronutrients is quite unique to us. You, if you were to jump on any like dieting app, you'd you know put in your numbers and it would spit out the generic twelve. Calories. We are far from that. You know, we recommend, you know, closer to like the 1800, 1900, 2000 calories. Um, It's a very healthy and balanced approach. So our algorithm is super unique, but then our meal plan algorithm is like something that's taken years and years and years and years to build.
0: I guess the reason I ask is um, recently I I had a guest on Bastion Treptal who was a black hat hacker. He was doing all the naughty stuff, breaking into businesses like yours and my, I've been, my business has been compromised this year. So I go like, I've got to get him on. I've got to find out what we can all do to protect ourselves and from a cyber security point of view. And um, it's just scary what these guys are doing now. He's now a white hat hacker. I
1: think our tech team actually do trial runs yeah. with um, hacking, yeah. so they actually test they they test the the um, high level of lack like, protectiveness of our of our staff. Look, it's double Dutch to a mile and eye, but we just we've we've put our trust in the boys, and everything that they say sort of sounds yeah. like it. it dots those eyes and crosses those T's.
0: Yeah, totally. Well without putting fear of God into you, but Bastion would talk about, you know, walking clients to the bankruptcy court because they were completely crippled as a result of these hackers. And I've had my Facebook, Insta, PayPal and MasterCard all hacked <sighs> this year in the last three months. And like I'm just a little guy, right? So I guess, you know, really important that you kind of make do yeah. do cover that. Um that we've off. got our we've got well, our BA like here, so Brie, take notes. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me what's what's the with the name Equilution? Oh, this okay. That old
1: Chestnut. Um, that that old Chestnut. So basically, this was a and I um, six years ago in a spin class, cycling away, and we were trying to put a name to this um, grand idea that we had, which is air and we were putting together equal revolution, you know, um, <laughs> dieting revolution, all that kind of stuff, and then balance equal. and then we got to evolution. So it's a bit of a tongue twister. It do you ha- love it? Um, we love it now.
2: We actually considered changing it. We did, it. We did a rebrand exercise, and we um, sent out a feedback form to our clients, and we said, like, what do you think of the brand? Like, what comes to mind when you hear evolution? And you know, what do you love the name? And people loved it, and. We just had to listen to what they wanted. Yeah. When you think about Adidas, like what does that mean, you know? I guess like it just comes down to being a household name, yeah.
1: We do get a little bit of equilution, equilation, Equal...
2: That's like Adidas Uh, and Adidas. uh, Like everyone has their own way of saying something, really.
0: Tell me, um, you decided to turn it into an app. I'm guessing Hmm. neither of you had app building or development experience. Um, It feels like one of those things when I hear about apps being built, it's like... It feels like how long is a piece of string in terms of how Hmm. much is this going to cost, who's going to do it, how long is it going to take? How did you wrap your head around that and uh, how, how much did it cost and how long did it take?
1: If, if we could describe our um, our journey within the tech space and building this app, you know that song, I Get Knocked down, I Get Up Again? That's us, oh, yeah, literally. That <laughs> um, so basically when we were in, um, when we first came back to Australia from America, we enrolled ourselves in an accelerator program in Sydney Uni called Incubate. And basically what we took from the startup grind in Silicon Valley was that a lot of these tech businesses began with an accelerator program. So basically it was just someone that believed in their idea and, the, and we, they just needed a little bit of mentoring and maybe small amount of funds um, in exchange for equity to get the business up off the ground. So, we enrolled in Incubate, which um, provided us with mentoring and we got a small grant and we started working with a small tech team within the university to build our very first version of the app and that was $10,000. That absolutely fell over and it didn't work out and that was down to the algorithm as well. So, then we realized that we're in for maybe a little bit more than $10,000. So, through Incubate, we networked a little bit and we were connected with a team that worked in, was it San Francisco? They worked
2: in Seattle they and they offshored
1: Seattle. to India. India. So then we did the offshore experience. So there was a middleman between us and our team in India. Again, we Twelve built- 12 months
2: later, 12 months
1: K. later, 200K later, um, we built this house. Oh, I hear this all the it time. Didn't, it didn't, work. It, just, it didn't yeah, work. it didn't
2: work. it didn't work. It didn't spit out a meal plan. It was giving us like 500 grams of cereal with like 10 mils of milk.
1: It was. Just it weird. just. It just didn't work. Weird. And um, then we were referred on to um, Ken, who's the founder of um, Devika Collaborate. He works down in um, Wollongong, so it's Devika Collaborations. We work with them, um, and we're contracted with them. And we have eight full-time developers. And um, Ken was the man that, that got it right. Yeah. For us. So there
2: was. It's never ending. It really is. And so we don't. We haven't just paid one bill and no. said this is the cost of our app. Done. We have ongoing
0: development costs. Yeah.
2: And yeah, Mm -hmm. and it's been three years in the making.
0: And you're happy with where it's at?
2: Yeah, stoked. Yeah, we are launching something in Mm -hmm. a couple of weeks, which is taking our product to the next level. So, what is it about?
0: What is it?
2: Oh, it's a secret. Just tell us. Well, I can tell you, you know what? I can tell you. You know what?
0: This this, this interview is going to go live in three weeks' time. What date? Like later. (laughs)
2: <laughs> well, let's just say there's a, we've listened and we've um, implemented and brought out, um, I guess... Our own transformation. Our own <laughs> transformation of the business wow. with a few new things. Yeah, it's been a huge project for us. We um, worked with a company over in America um, for some new UI, UX. So it was a huge investment for us. But yeah, we're super excited.
0: That's awesome. You've gone from uh, a business that generated some good income and had very little overheads to a business that I'm assuming now generates good income uh, but have a lot of overheads. you got eight full-time yeah. developers. Yeah. I think you said you had 10 uh, dietitians alone plus admin. Sixteen. And Sixteen. It, six, 16. Yeah. Clearly, I'm, I'm assuming you can't it's think profitable. of that. You
1: can't wake up on a Monday and think of that because otherwise, you just said yourself mental. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, well, I can, I can imagine that. Uh, how does that feel now? Is it like just something that it is what it is, and it clearly it indicates that you are growing? Um, how do you manage that side of things? Do you have external? We were introduced by accountant Anthony Bell, so you clearly got some good support behind you.
1: Yeah, we've been really lucky um, on a personal front and a business front to have really good support. I think. I think, and I. Th- when you do grow as a as a business and also as an entrepreneur, I think both are equally as important. So you don't only go to work and need the right people around you, but you also go home and need the right people around you. We were always really lucky to have each other. Um, emotionally, it has been like a little bit of a roller coaster. And like I said earlier, you know, when you wake up on a Monday and you do think about those overheads, you, you could send yourself absolutely in like a haywire hey um, set yeah. of thoughts. And like I said earlier too, a lot of people did say to us, you know, why do, why go there the next step? You know, like you could really comfortably just keep doing what you're doing. And um, I think for us, we had a vision. We had a a really, you know, we had a really intricate sort of belief of what acquisition could be. And we were just not going to stop until we got there. And I think that's what sort of pushed out equity opportunities and investment opportunities and things like that out of the way and just sort of made us really independent in what we're doing because we did have this, you know, vision in sight. And I think that's been, that's what's kept us going. You know, yeah. we've we've got a really good idea of where we want the
0: company to go. Do you still own one hundred percent? Yeah. Awesome. Well done. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. What's it like doing business with Amal Jade? She's Ooh. in the cone of silence right now, so she can't hear you.
1: Um, it's been it's been challenging. But it's also been what's got us to this point. We always say we couldn't have done it without each other. We are really yin and yang. So mm. I'm the vocals of the business, so I do all the marketing, all the wording, um, all the imagery, everything like that. And then Amal does all the back end. So without each other, there's this whole piece of the business that's completely missing. Um, in saying that, as well though, we started the business. We, were, you know, we were best friends. We had like a, a really, I guess, non like non stressful relationship. There was not a lot of pressures sort of coming in. And then as we've grown as business women, our, our friendship has also obviously had a lot of stresses that have come into it that have come from the business. So I guess like you know, there's pros and cons to starting business with someone, but we couldn't have got this far without each other.
0: Yeah. Amal. What's it like working with Jade?
2: Yeah, no, exactly um, as Jade said. So we complement each other really well. Um, So... You know, without having someone being in charge of the marketing and the copy and the creative, you can't really have a product that's relatable to your clients or, you know, even get operations right or whatever. So, we work really, really well together. So, for example, on this new project we've been working on, you know, we've got the product ready and then, you know, Jade then tells us, okay, this is what clients want. This is what clients are saying. This is how we should word it. So, like, we bounce off each other really, really well. um, And the good thing about both of us is we've both had the same vision. So we've not gotten in the way of each other or one another and said, no, we're not going to do this because we don't think this is the way we want to go or this isn't in the best interest of the company. We have literally said, we aren't stopping until the we're world there. knows yeah. about, you know, flexible dieting and being able to have a balanced approach to dieting and whatever it takes, however much it costs, however big our team needs to be and how complex our technology needs to be in order to get there, we're not going to stop. And I think that has worked really well for us. But as I've said, when you do business together and you have a friendship together, we lived together. We at, we lived, not live, we lived together. We had dogs together. We, you know, hung out together outside of work. So, Something's got to give, and so like for us, the last thing that we were gonna let come crashing down was our business and our business relationship. So unfortunately, like Jade said, like it's been a roller coaster for our friendship. But
0: but you you can easily have um, awkward conversations. Do you sort of tap each other on the shoulder and say, "Listen, Jade," or "Listen, oh major
1: tapping, (laughs) yeah, literally."
2: (laughs) Like text message, like you feel something and you send a message straight away. Like, listen here,
1: (laughs) we say things to each other that you wouldn't even say to like a partner. Like we are very
0: com- we are very yeah. comfortable. Yeah. So, so Amal, that that you you say you feel something, and you send a text straight away. So basically, when something yep. comes up that just doesn't feel like the plates are aligning between the two yep. of you, you act on it straight away. You don't let it simmer. You don't.
2: Yeah. And i be honest, so like it's never not been aligned. So it's always been, we've both had the same vision and we've always wanted the same outcome. I think the only thing we ever say is like, Jade will be like, hey, there's something wrong with the tech or I'll be like, hey, I don't really like the copy of something. Can you change it? Like that's
1: literally like- oh. We don't really step on each other's turf no. when it comes to the business either. So we both have our areas and um, think about the skill that you definitely don't have. That's what she's got. And think about the one that you definitely do have. That's what I-, I yeah, In reverse literally. as well. So, I'm good
2: with numbers. she's good with words and we just work really well together so yeah
0: awesome that's perfect i jade i loved your phrase before you're responsible for the vocals of the business in terms of marketing i've not heard marketing talked like talked about like that before i think it's fantastic what's your take on marketing How important is it? I just got goosebumps when you said that. I don't
1: know why. I must must be passionate about marketing. Um, My take is that it literally is the vocals. It's how people, you think of your brand as a personality, how you market is literally how you stand on a soapbox and how you present yourself and what people receive you as. That's that's your marketing. Um, So I think it's fundamental, you know, at any stage of the business, whether you've got two clients or whether you've got 20,000 clients to 20 million clients, I think how you market is is very important and you know what a lot of people sort of laughed at how in our early days and even up until i guess 6 six, 12 months ago, we never put a cent into marketing. So we've only just started doing Facebook ads and a lot of people thought that was really, yeah, yeah, a lot of people thought that was really crazy, but I really back the authenticity and how organic our growth was and, and how it was never salesy. It was always just really genuine. It was real people that were going to market and saying, I've done this and it, and it bloody worked for me. And, and that, Unpaid speaks volumes, I think, and um, that was a huge part of our strategy. So even if you even if you today go on Instagram and you type in Equilution in Instagram, you'll see hundreds and thousands of accounts that people have made, and you know they share their journey on these particular accounts. They'll post their food, they'll post their results, they'll connect with other Equilutioners, and it's like this big community. And we don't we don't pay for that. That's what, that's what people sort of love about our services that they can connect and they can freely speak about things that, you know, they might not post on their personal account or they want to sort of just leave for health and fitness. So um, that's really powerful.
0: Besides word of mouth, uh, because word of mouth is the result of great, a great product or a service, I believe. So it's not marketing unto itself, but what's the best form of marketing that you do to get the Equolution name out there?
1: I think influencer collaborations have been really positive for us. So um, I think that can work sort of like two ways for a business. I I see a lot of brands um, online today sort of in the Instagram space that it's kind of like they'll have probably like a periodic budget. They'll select like say 10 influencers or something like that, probably pay them per post and then all of a sudden your whole week you'll see XYZ influencer posts about the the brand and say the same tagline. So I think um, sort of you have to be quite strategic in how you do do those collaborations and how you phrase and them. You and you really
2: want to choose someone that aligns with your brand as well. Definitely. I feel like a lot of people just pick someone because they have so many followers. They have millions of followers and will pay whatever. But does that person really align with your brand? Like if that person has... their audience? Yeah, like you know. example, if this person has clear, beautiful skin and then you tell them to, you know, market a pimple popper, like that's a bit ridiculous, you know? So like you've got to stay really true to your brand.
0: What's a pimple popper?
2: Oh, I' don't,
0: like I don't know, but I just like that was just the thing that came to the top of my head. But so um, tell me, yeah. it's good. I like those things where they just cover the weirdest things that come to the top of our heads so <laughs> we're trying to find an example. Tell me, um so you in influencer marketing, it gets the awareness out there, it generates inquiry to the website or to downloading the app. How is there a is there a little trick that you have to then convert those um that inquiry, that interest into a sale?
1: A lot of people do um influencer like discount codes and whatnot, which I think Um, have a place. It depends on what your product is. Um, For us personally, we just like, we just use it as a brand awareness exercise. So if we've got someone with X amount of followers and they've got, you know, an audience that would be appropriate for our brand, um, even just dropping the name Equolution and educating on what we do as a company is, that's beneficial for us. I mean, I'm sure from like an analytics perspective, there's probably more things that we could be doing internally to capitalize on that. But for the moment, um, whilst we are still like a growing company and improving our tech, um, brand awareness is is highly valuable for us. we
2: once you do jump on our website we don't actually leave you alone anymore so we retarget <laughs> the shit out of you and like right. if you create an account and you don't go forward with a sale you'll get an email Look and then up. you'll also see us on Facebook every single time that you log on so we've now like implemented um like remarketing um as a means to like remind people that hey we're still here but I just think our messaging is so strong like when you say the diet that doesn't feel like a diet or you know lose weight and eat what you love people like hold on, I have known to cut carbs and, you know, not eat bread and not eat sweets and not drink alcohol for as long as I've lived. And this company is telling me that I can have chocolate and a glass of wine and lose weight and the testimonials and transformations are there, sign me up. So I think like we're really Speech fortunate itself. to have a message that's super, super strong. And, you know, when we look at our Facebook ads, now that we are doing Facebook ads, you look at. Um, the the funnel um our top of the funnel so our our tofu is like actually our strongest conversion because we are like hey we're the diet that doesn't feel like a diet and they're like hold on like wow I've never heard of anything like this
1: um and that's and that, what
2: gets people over the and line That
1: exercise like just coming back to the marketing and like the the vocal perspective that exercise for, for me personally has always been really easy. I was my first client, you know, so I just jump it in those shoes. It comes so naturally. Yeah, I just jump in those shoes and, and go for gold. You're like, you know, what what did I want to hear back then? You know, where what was my sore point? And, you know, I think you, when you're someone that has gone through a dieting experience or a fat loss transformation or, you know, you've had a poor relationship with food, those memories remain really vivid. And, you know, you still, you're constantly like working on that. And intri- nutrition for Amal and I, I think we always say like it's a ne- it's going to be a never ending like thought process. You know, we will never, we will never take our eyes off our diet or we'll never let ourselves go and it's always going to be something that's constantly on our mind and make, that makes us relevant to our brand mm. all the time. So I think marketing for us and has always been really simple in that regard. Uh,
0: there seems to be an authenticity and I kind of don't really like that word when it comes to marketing, but I, I, I know what it means. I know other, my listeners know what it means. But there is an authenticity that comes with the Equolution communications where you know I look at somewhere like, and I'm not comparing you to Weight Watchers or to, uh, what's the other one? Gloria... Not Gloria Jeans.
1: <laughs> oh, that's wait, which Jenny Craig. Jenny Craig. <laughs> <Not an> easy, <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> all that, yeah.
0: They, they, they don't seem authentic. You know those testimonials yeah. are set up. Um, you, Whereas you sort of, you you guys have just got head down, bum up, doing the work, making this thing work and letting your influences and more importantly your clients share yeah. Do know experiences. Why? Do you know why that's... I
1: think that does communicate? I think because when you strip the business back and, you know, what who, mm. who we are and what we stand for and all that kind of stuff, Amal and I... As as business orientated as we are, and you know we are business women at the end of the day, and we're not sort of doing this as a charitable works or anything like that. We are quite strategic. But at the end of the day, we didn't start this for money. We never, we never spoke any, even about money when we first initially went into the market. We were really passionate about our message and what we stood for. And I think that's always re- remained our common denominator between the, A, the two of us, and then B, you know, what our business has become is the fact that we're, we, it's just the two of us that are hugely passionate about getting this, this one message out that really does good for people.
0: You got a very powerful why. It's clear you haven't you haven't articulated it, but it's very clear that you you're doing it for a reason well beyond money. Each of you now. One thing that I'm very curious about is um, content creation for your brand. I notice you've both struggled to keep up your YouTube channel. Which mm. and, and I think you both are great on camera. You bounce off each other very well. You have a laugh, but you only had about. Correct me if I'm wrong here, but about six videos there. Yeah, we pulled the pin now, on that. Okay, why? Because there's, I tell you what, I'm asked, A, because I think you're good at it and you should do more, yeah. create more content. Uh, but B, there is a whole lot of business owners listening who start, either don't start the content thing because it just seems too hard or start it and don't keep up. And then, you know, people like you who are well-versed in it aren't keeping it up. What happened?
1: I am Amal was really for it. She it. I was it. for it. <laughs> she loves it.
2: Um, something that I've learned from reading is that not every platform is for you and you really need to invest the time into the one or two or three that work specifically for your brand. And True. unfortunately for us, um, YouTube wasn't really it because for us it grew us as founders of the company and it was a means for us to educate um, on like business and like our business journey and just like our personal life. But it really didn't assist in, you know, building the brand whatsoever. So we gave really? it a go. Yeah, it was like, it was it was nice because it created... Um, a way for our clients to see that we've done it before with like our fifty kilo transformation journey, but for us, like that was probably the only video that people have ever referred to um, in our brand. Is like, oh, we've seen that you've done it before, but we can chuck that on our website and you know have a video there.
0: I would only challenge that by the fact that a lot of the, the videos that are up there are quite long form. Like, you know how they say, mm. yeah, it's a one to two minute video is what we're all about because we have a low attention span. Your videos seem to go for 10 to 15 minutes. We, I just we really wonder- like to talk. <laughs> <laughs> I know yeah. that. I know that. I just wonder whether... It is the wrong platform because, again, you, you, you guys are good on camera and you bounce.
1: My take on it was, I think we, I think we started our YouTube channel at a time when YouTube was like really trending, and for us, it was kind of really hard to find that happy medium between, you know, doing what everyone was doing on YouTube, which at the time was like vlogging and and, personal, and beauty yeah. blogs and and stuff like that, and then we also it all. We, we we did try it all, and then also striking a balance between, you know, coming across as like sophisticated and educated, and when we're talking about the science of nutrition, being a relatable, but be also so having a sense of professionalism around us. So I think our YouTube channel for me, and I, I, I did sort of quiz Amal about this when we we're doing it. I was like, do we come across silly? You know, we're trying to attract this audience, letting them know that we can take control of their diet. And
0: Amal did, you didn't? I,
1: I, I did <laughs> Did I actually?
0: I thought I was great. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's fun. Um, but yeah, so I, I think we were just, we did it at a time where we're just trying to find also who we were as business people as well. And I think it was one thing that just, um, it didn't really align with um, what no. Who we were trying to be at the time, um, and it takes. Okay, so
0: what medium? What medium is? Ma, you said you know you need to focus on the mediums that you know you, you're best at. Yeah. What What is that for medium us? It's for you Instagram
2: guys? and Facebook. It's Instagram, so Facebook okay. Instagram and Facebook. Instagram is our biggest, biggest platform. Like as Jade said, like we have thousands and thousands of clients that have created evolution accounts. We've got close to 300k um, on the page that was grown organically um, before we even invested in like Facebook ads or anything like that. Um, and people repost us and reshare our content all the time.
1: And I think Amal and I sort of came together as well and we came to the decision that we wanted people to buy into evolution for the evolution message and what evolution does, not because of Amal and I. And um, it was sort of something that we couldn't really sustain, you know, being like, I guess, brand personalities. And it wasn't something that we really kind of wanted so um, we sort of just stripped it back and we just like going out in the market as a You know,
2: so like when you have only a limited amount of time in each day to um, you know dedicate to content creation you need to choose the right platform and unfortunately like filming videos of like the length that we did and the editing that we did was quite timely so it wasn't like I guess like the best option for us um, because we didn't see much of a return. It made us look reputable like that we've been our own clients and you know there's a few videos that have been really good for us, um, but like I said, you can translate that so easily um, on your website or even like on your own personal accounts on Instagram.
0: Guys, it's an awesome story. Uh, well done on you know escaping the cubicle way back then and uh, and starting something that is clearly making a difference in the world. Uh, Equalution equal u t i o n dot is where you will find Jade and Amal doing their thing. I'm off to grab a couple of Krispy Kremes. Is there a particular flavour that's going to be better for me than? Just have one. Remember, 80% whole food, 20% soul food. So
1: original glaze (laughs) is the (laughs) original calorie (laughs) lowest. So go for that. Come on,
0: (laughs) where's the fun in that? Thanks, girls. (laughs) Thank Thank you you for for having having us. Well, there you go. Equalutions. Jade and Amal. And in case you're wondering, I only had a couple of Krispy Kremes after that interview. Four less than the usual half dozen. So um, I think you should be proud of me. I tell you what, just between you and I, I used to smash Krispy Kremes when they came to Australia. And as a result, I was a rather large boy. <laughs> no more. No more Krispy creams for me. Don't send me any. Now here's my top three attention grabbers from that chat with the girls. Attention grabber number one. I love how the girls initially reached out to high-profile influencers on social media who they thought may be dealing with a weight issue. Now, that's a pretty gutsy little strategy, but hey, clearly it worked. Attention grabber number two. I love how Jade refers to marketing as, and I quote, the vocals of a business. Marketing is that. It's, it's your voice, the voice of the business, And I think that's a lovely sort of mindset to take with you when you're doing your marketing, the vocals of a business. Attention grabber number three, I love how they handle honest conversations with each other by acting on issues immediately, even if they're not together. I think it was Jade who said, look, if something's giving me the shits with a male, I'll just text her straight away. Get it off my chest. We have it out. We move on. I like that. That's what caught my attention. I would love to know what grabbed yours. Give me a buzz, give the Small Business Big Marketing Hotline a buzz, 0480 015 and let me know. Come on down, it's Timbo's monster prize draw. It's time for award eight. Now the motivated listener for listening to this podcast, hearing an idea, That's the start. Where the magic lies is they've actually implemented this idea and had a positive result. And uh, today's winner is Ian Harvey of the job-matching platform Hello Talent. And Ian has to say, Hey, Timbo, I've been listening to your podcast at least twice a week. Ian, you are binging. And it has become a ritual for me to drive down the road, park at the beach and eat my lunch while listening your show. Oh, that's nice. I'm yet to listen to an episode that I haven't been able to take something from. While our job matchmaking platform won't be ready to launch for a few months, I've already been able to make changes and adjustments based on lessons learnt, which has hopefully, hopefully saved us time and money in the future. Absolutely. And that's the old idea of this show. Probably the most resounding point for me is narrowing in on your niche, which has been a common message on the majority of your episodes, but fundamental in in the Seth Godin episode. Yeah, absolutely. And um, Brenton Ward from Wise Mentoring too uh, talked a lot about niching. Uh, Ian goes on to say, this has really helped us. Uh, while developing the platform and gathering feedback, we have often been diverted from task and looked to try to add more to the platform to solve more problems, but ultimately diluting our value. Very true. Anyway, thank you for the two hours of quality time every week while I'm down the beach, and I will keep telling people to jump on the bandwagon and benefit as I have kind regards, Ian Harvey. Hello, Talent. Dot com.au. Ian you've won a full range of lies alcoholic spirits you've won vouchers to use for with sendal and tradies you've got some promotion on this show and a backlink in the show notes which google will love you for everyone else either email me tim at tim reid dot com dot au or call me zero four eight zero zero one five one five zero leave a message day or night and just let me know one idea that you've implemented from this show and what impact it's had on the business If I read it out on air, you win. Well, the year is underway. I feel as though I can comfortably say that now that we've got the first episode of the year under our belts. Next episode, we catch up with an English channel swimmer and a very clever graphic designer. That's two people who've taken it on themselves to save the Australian cheese industry. Plus, I just had a chat, you ready? With Jeff Bezos's Shadow. That's his nickname, Jeff's Shadow. You don't know who Jeff Bezos is? Oh, he's just the richest man in the world, worth, I don't know, $109 I think, or something at last count. Now, this fellow has written a book called Working Backwards, which outlines how the Amazon idea creation process works fascinating conversation. I ask a few questions about Jeff too. So it's a very insightful little episode that's coming up in a few weeks time. Jeff Shadow. If you'd like to keep the conversation going, be sure to join the Small Business Big Marketing Tribe on Facebook. We've got over 750 members. They're all sharing marketing ideas and pushing each other along to be better every day. If you've got something to tell me, or you've got some feedback about the show, or you've got a marketing idea you'd like to share, call the Small Business Big Marketing hotline on 0480 015 150. If you're loving the podcast, you'll find 533 more episodes on the Podcast One Australia app, and that has been the case for the past... 12 years. The podcast is presented by me, Timbo Reed, and pulled together by the incredibly inspiring team over at Podcast One Australia. Until next time, thank you so much for tuning in. May your marketing be the best marketing. Bye for now.